It's the SMME Exchange here on Metro FM Talk, 27 minutes after 8 p.m. We go straight into it and join tonight to uh, take a look at the bounce back scheme. Now, we heard the president in the State of the Nation address speaking about the bounce back scheme. We've heard Minister Kodongwana in the medium term budget and even in the February 22 budget speaking about this bounce back loan scheme as part of the instruments to uh, catalyze economic recovery. It's a loan guarantee scheme whose operative use, it seems, is very similar to uh, the COVID-19 200 billion rand loan scheme, which um, for all intents and purposes was a flop, less than 10% of it loaned out. And if we add the 33 billion that the banks you know, would have given in relief, also probably doesn't make as big a dent uh, to what ambitions might have been associated with it when it was designed. And uh, we asked the same tonight. I mean, what is different about this bounce back scheme? Why is it failing? Um, why is it not getting to some of the small businesses who need it most, uh, affected as they are by so many headwinds? Joined tonight to talk about this by John Tluzlu. He's the chief executive officer out of the Small Business Institute. But John, good evening. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me to the show tonight. Good Thank you very much, Baba Nyabong. Uh, let's maybe start off, I guess, with just some of your thoughts about this particular scheme before I get to its predecessor scheme and, I guess, what we learn or not learn. Uh, I also had a very weird stat, and I s- seem to battle to find it uh, after I heard it on another platform earlier on today, that um, this uh, new bounce-back scheme also not ca- crowned in glory because it's probably not hitting the bootstraps or the numbers that it would have liked by now. Um, talk to us about the scheme, what you make of it, uh, and I guess what many of uh, uh, the small businesses whom you work alongside have made of it as well. Yeah, so the difference about the current scheme and uh, I suppose the, to a certain extent uh, the bounce back of um, the bounce back uh, version one. This is bounce back uh, version two. Bounce back version one, we were consulted as a SME ecosystem. Uh, bounce back number two, we were also consulted. Um, and it is quite clear that bounce back number two um, did not, uh, bounce back number one did not work out because of circumstances that were beyond, I think, the entire ecosystem. Mm, like what? What do I mean like by what? that? Mm. I mean that when we, when government introduced bounce back one, um, the inflation rate was was low, and the global environment was looking up like we are on a recovery. The economies were uh, reopening across the world, except for in China, and so it was. It looked very ideal, and it had taken some lessons from the 200 billion rand, we can argue about whether it was 200 billion rand credit guarantee loan scheme or it was 60 billion rand, which uh, had a poor performance. It had taken some lessons and it took some inputs from the ecosystem, such as the people the scheme was designed to assist. However, the environment then soon uh, complicated. Inflation started uh, rising quite um aggressively, and the Reserve Bank across the world, central banks across the world, adopted a very hawkish stance, raising uh, the uh, interest rates, which made it impossible for the scheme to operate. Um, we had SSBI, 
a webinar in which we invited the treasurer. It was one of those frontline uh, COVID responders. Uh, and they also accepted that the environment in which they launched the scheme had dramatically changed. The scheme needed reiteration. We as the ecosystem said, please do not dump all of it, tweak it to adapt to the, to the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just make one more point. When the Minister of Finance uh, and the President last year, they announced two schemes. Bound step was one, to recover from COVID, civil unrest, as well as the floods that hit parts of Gauteng and the Eastern Cape, and, 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 and um, sorry, parts of uh, KZN and the Eastern Cape. Mm. And what they did uh, say, the scheme was supposed to assist those SMEs that were affected by that, and then the environment changed. So when the environment changed, we said the, the, the other scheme was supposed to be an equity-linked scheme, which was supposed to be introduced very late in the year. That was never introduced. So this is where we are now. We have had consultations, uh, I should say. Obviously, I cannot disclose the details of the consultation sure, sure. about what would work uh, in a new uh, reimagined scheme. So what we welcome is the ecosystem, yeah. the consultation, and working with the people in the ecosystem. John, just maybe a, a quick follow-up on that one, because I, I do think the design features of some of these schemes are important for us to discuss. You know, the few things that come to mind. The one is that the nature of how these schemes are designed is that it targets enterprises who have a business bank account, who have some form of credit relationship with whoever it is who banks them, or have been risk scored by that bank, uh, and that bank would, in some cases, even take personal surety in uh, one of the earlier schemes. And so, in a sense, it makes many who criticize it say, but the banks are giving people loans who they would have given loans to anyway, but this time around, it's actually the state that's de-risking some of those loans. Um, Does that narrow unnecessarily so the pool of firms that are small businesses that could benefit from this? And I say this because... You know, the Gauteng government a few years ago did a survey. Uh, and I can't remember the, the metric itself, but they found a very low number of small businesses that were operating in the townships who would have had a business bank account. So as an account separate to themselves as an individual. Uh, to what degree do those barriers to entry and access to schemes like this effectively make it a scheme for a very narrow cohort of small business? Thanks, Ayabonga. What we have just given now is a textbook example of uh, the credit loan guarantee scheme. It failed to move the dial. Uh, let's all accept that because it used the existing system and um, unfortunately government was the last mover. Uh, the, the commercial banks were the first to move charitable foundations such as the um, Oppenheimer and the Rupert families uh, were amongst the first to move and to find innovative solutions. And what government provided through the backstop, the uh, Reserve Bank backstop uh, credit guarantee loan scheme, came in late to just pick up uh, the loans that would have been given by the commercial banks. They did not work with 
it took long to bring in non-traditional uh, loan financiers. Mm. Then uh, credit uh, the bounce back scheme. I think the bounce back scheme brought in one element of innovation. That was uh, government would take the first twenty um, percent uh, of losses in case of default. Uh, I think that's a very significant, and it, it it showed that government was responsive and listening to the ecosystem. And then, of course, now where are we now? Uh, we are all hugely indebted. Households are indebted. Uh, businesses are indebted, um, and the interest rates. Uh, environment is quite hawkish. So you bring in uh, loan finance, um, you're going to have quite similar um, results uh, for a, a new problem that you had uh, a, a different dimension of uh, two years ago. So what, what we, uh, I think, we want from the budget speech tomorrow and is that the uh, bounce back to must respond to the current challenges that we face. Mm. Hugely indebted households, hugely indebted, indebted businesses, especially small business segment of the economy. So you must respond to those uh, challenges. And more uniquely, we now face uh, the ESCOM challenge. We now face the energy challenge. Mm. If it doesn't target that energy challenge, I think it's going to be rendered irrelevant. How would it so do that? Would it give uh, financing arrangements to access diesel generators or inverters and so on? How would that work? I think three ideas um, on the table, and these are my three ideas mm. and our three ideas, not necessarily what uh, I think government will ultimately have in mind and announce. The first one is that uh, debt finance has to be highly conscious concessionary sure. for it to be considered up on the table. The second one is, if you look at back at COVID-19, the one government intervention that worked so successfully was to avert a humanitarian disaster of hunger mm. by signing out checks to families. Then the third one, of course, is uh, the current inflationary environment, which uh, plays itself into high interest rate uh, costs. So you really have to address uh, those things. There are two variations that you can do. The one is obviously to assist small businesses that take on either uh, leased uh, generators, uh, solar panels, uh, or buy them. And then you also have to assist on the other side, those people who provide those generators mm. and solar panels to help small businesses uh, to get off the grid, which is unreliable at this point. Uh, and that has not been available, and it's a huge luxury. I mean, if you look at big business, uh, they are now canning all their CapEx uh, expenditure. They are now redirecting their CapEx expenditure into alternative sources of energy. No luxury that we can mm. afford as a small business mm. segment of the economy. Ish. At a time when we're looking to attract investment into a productive activity, it seems now it's just defensive investment trying to deal with the fallout from the pandemic. You mentioned non-bank financial intermediaries earlier on. And I want to maybe just hear your thoughts on that. What have we learned? I mean, I saw, for instance, during the response to the floods and also response to the July riots, the incorporation of other 
intermediaries who aren't necessarily banks or would be covered necessarily by the Banks Act in recognition that there are certain micro-enterprises who might sit outside of the ambit of some of the banks. What, in your view, are we learning in that process that we could bank, excuse the pun, and potentially take into, I guess, uh, a set of new measures to recover all of this lost output? Thanks for that question. I think my reflection is the following, (coughs) that the non-traditional banking players were better off on their own. They uh, loaned and and, and extended um, enough finance on their own than they did with the interface with the uh, banking system, the formal uh, traditional banking system. So what I think we need to do uh, is, in time, as we prepare for the next crisis, which will inevitably come, we have to work on this interface. How can we optimize this interface between non-traditional banking players as well as the formal banking players uh, backed up by the Reserve Bank as well as uh, the National Treasury? How do we make it optimal, ultimately for the benefit of... uh, an SME uh, owner, an SME, whether formal or informal uh, sector operator. Let me make the last point uh, I have on. The last point is, I think, around the fact that we all now have to prepare for the next uh, crisis. Mm. How does that look like? It starts from an economic operator, a small business owner. Uh, You have to get ready. Uh, to be able to engage with these uh, frontline responders from a financial perspective, from an economic perspective. We know how it happens uh, from a health perspective, mm. from other social services. Uh, now we have to prepare, prepare for the next one. I'm sorry to have to say this. It is not too far away from us. Yeah, yeah. And that's the pity that I guess, uh, you know, the crises we have are coming in quick succession. Uh, with where we are now. I mean, you know, you and I are having this chat in a context of the declaration of two separate national states of disaster that are unfolding in parallel. So it certainly uh, might not necessarily be the eye of the storm of the pandemic, but we are in unprecedented times. Definitely. And uh, I think it's really up to us as a ecosystem to work together. Uh, My... um, Reflection from uh, what has happened in the last few months is I think none of us have got all the solutions. Mm. Uh, We have to listen to each other more intently without preconceived ideas. And then big numbers don't work. They Mm. may get us a headline for one day, but uh, the impact is how many jobs you save, how many businesses you save. Yeah. Prachon? Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Really appreciate it. And uh, I think you're right. It has to be all hands on deck because all the top line numbers mean nothing if uh, the money doesn't get dispersed or the guaranteed money, I should put it, doesn't get dispersed. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Thank you.